Thanks for tuning in to the Link Church podcast. Link Church is located in Charlotte, North Carolina, and is committed to linking people to the life-changing power of Jesus Christ. And I'm excited to continue our series that we have uh, started. We started last week. It's entitled Gone Fishing, but I love to go fishing and um, I like the experience of what it means to, to put your line in the water and pull out something. And it's so much joy. And, and I'm excited to do this series because I feel like God has given you a purpose in him to put your line in the water of your environment and pull people to Christ. Yeah, to make a difference and pull somebody to Christ. And so this series is not about 10 ways to get rich. This series is not about lifting your hands and spin around two times and you get a new car. This is not about what you can get from God, but this series is about what you can give to the kingdom of God. And so at Link Church, we're all about living life connected. And one of the main ways that you live your life connected is not just connected to God, but connected to people. And I believe everybody in this um, auditorium today has a purpose a purpose to make a difference in somebody else's life. And so we're going to get started with the sermon today. I believe it's going to be a blessing. Are you ready for the word? Come on. Are y'all ready for the word? We're going to be in Mark chapter two today. I'm going to be reading out of uh, the New King James Version. You guys could follow along. We're going to go fishing today. Um, I believe God is going to do something special. The Bible reads... And again, he, Jesus, entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately, many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men, a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where Jesus was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. Remain standing. I'm going to pray. Today's subject is carriers of precious cargo carriers of precious cargo let us bow our heads god we thank you today for the opportunity to unlock the truth that is in the word of god men shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds proceeds out of your mouth. I pray, God, that you'll change lives today through your word. I pray, God, that you'll lift us up through your word. I pray, God, you'll illuminate uh, an area in our lives today, God, that we can help to make a difference in somebody else's life. We thank you for this opportunity today, and we give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Quickly turn to somebody and say, you are a carrier of precious cargo. Come on, say it like you got some oomph in you today. Say, you are a carrier. Yeah, of precious cargo. Um, This is a a great uh, story, and um, I like reading this text as it relates to 
church culture and it relates, as it relates to um, people's purpose um, in terms of being a Christian. And it's been on my heart to, to talk about this because I believe that God has given us an opportunity to make a difference in somebody else's life. And in this text, Jesus is coming back into Capernaum. He has healed um, the centurion servant. He has cast out a demon out of a man that was in the tomb. And now he travels by way of sea back into Capernaum. And as he enters into Capernaum, there is a crowd of people waiting for him. There is a crowd of people waiting for him because Jesus was starting a movement and, and there was something about Jesus that was attractive to people. He had something that was in him that was just so attractive to others. There was not something that he, uh, there was not something externally about him that made him attractive. It wasn't his look. It wasn't his height. It wasn't the clothes that he wore. But there was something on the inside that caused crowds to follow Jesus. It was his anointing, it was his power, it was his miracle working power, and there were crowds coming from all over the region to come see this man that was healing people and opening blind eyes. There was something in him that was attractive. I came to tell you today that God has given you a gift. He has given you something that is buried on the inside of you that makes you attractive. Oh, y'all looking at me like y'all not attractive. <laughs> uh, uh, there's something on the inside that makes you attractive. Um, not talking about physically attractive. I'm talking about there is a purpose that becomes attractive. Have you ever found it to be interesting that people will often come up to you and tell them your problems? Or, or people come up to you and ask for advice? Or people come up to you and say, hey, can you help me out with this or help me out with that? And you don't hold up a sign. You don't have something written on your face that says problem solver. But people are just attracted to you. And I come to tell you it's because of the purpose that God has in you. And what the devil tries to do is confuse your purpose by showing you how you look on the outside and saying you're, you're too short or you're too tall or you're too fat or you're too skinny. And he wants you to focus on what you look like on the outside and not what you have on the inside. And I wonder if there's anybody in here today that has something special on the inside. Oh, maybe it's just me today, but you've got something so powerful on the inside of you that it's causing people to run to you and say, hey, can you help me out with this? And can you help me out with that? Right. Or, or, or how do you strategize this? How do you put this business plan together? Because greatness is contagious. Greatness is contagious. And when you are great, people run to you. Ask LeBron James. Everybody wants to pray. Everybody wants to play with LeBron, right? Everybody wants to play with LeBron because he's so great. And LeBron's able to do things by himself. And, and people in the NBA would wish and would love and would hope to play with a great player like LeBron. Because greatness is contagious. 
But also, I want to let you know that LeBron is not the GOAT. He is definitely not the GOAT because uh, my man Jordan is the GOAT. Uh, I'm sorry, you just can't get swept twice. I'm sorry. You can't, you can't get swept twice. I know you're great, but you're not that great. Uh, see, see, lest you forget, lest you forget my man Jordan uh, uh, because greatness is contagious and Jesus comes down and there's so many people around him because he decides to teach in this house. Now, in those days, they did not have a big house like you have today. He was in this small little house and there was crowds of people in the house. They were packed like sardines. There were people hanging out the window, people looking in the doors, and there was crowds around the house. And they were, they were coming to hear this Jesus teach. This Jesus was there to teach um, and to work miracles because he had so much strength. He had so much power. He had so much greatness. And I want to tell you that you have a strength. I know you got weaknesses, but you also have strengths. And the devil wants you to focus, focus on where you are weak. But God says that where you are weak, he makes you strong. And I want you to look today at the strengths that you have. Because it's the strengths that you have that God couples with other people's weaknesses. And it's not strange, it's not weird that you are in uh, an environment where somebody else is weak. Uh-huh. That's why opposites attract. Yeah. Opposites attract like like me and my wife. Opposites attract. You know, I'm tall and she's not so tall, right? <laughs> I got to go home today, so let me tread gingerly, right? You know, I I I am funny and she's eh. All right, all right, all right. Let me be honest, right? Maybe it's the other way around. She's hilarious and I'm you know, uh, uh, she, she is outgoing and gregarious and witty. And I'm more reserved. I'm more even because opposites attract. And could it be that God places you in environments that your strengths can thrive? That people need your strength to couple with their weakness and that's what we find in our text today with this man that is paralyzed. He is disabled. He cannot move. He cannot walk. And he has four men with him that decide that they've got to get this paralyzed man to Jesus. So this man is weak in one area, but his weakness is juxtaposed against these four men's strengths. And these four men are strong in an area where he is weak. But it takes the both of them in order for a miracle to happen. And so you cannot just have all weaknesses and no strengths. And you cannot just have all strengths and no weaknesses. But God often puts the puzzle pieces of our lives together where we can be tethered and tied to somebody that is weak in an area so that our strength can be coupled with their weakness and we both can get to Jesus where he can do a miracle. And could it be that you are neglecting an area that you can help to make a difference in somebody else's life. Consider the picture that the Bible paints for us. 
that Jesus is in the house teaching and there are crowds surrounding Jesus. And these four men want to get their buddy, their friend to Jesus because he's paralyzed. And they believe if he can just get to Jesus, then Jesus can work a miracle. It means then that these four men have to be more concerned about their paralyzed friend than their own selves. And maybe, maybe you have been so self-centered that you don't even see the paralyzed person at your job every day. Maybe you're thinking about yourself too much and you don't notice your neighbor that is crying out for help because they can't get to Jesus. And their only mode of transportation to get to Jesus is your gift and your strength. And maybe you're in the grocery store and you don't notice that the person behind you is fumbling or in front of you rather is fumbling and they don't have the money to pay for their groceries. And in that point of need, you can carry them to Jesus, but you neglect the opportunities because you're thinking about your own bills. You're thinking about paying your own groceries. And you don't know that there is somebody right next to you. God places people right next to us every day that need to get to Jesus. And their only way to get to Jesus is you. Yeah, this is, not a, this is not a good message for you today. I'm sorry. Maybe this is not a jump up and shout message for you today. Maybe this is not a message that clears up your depression and, 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 and it helps what you're going through. But I guarantee you, if you would think about somebody next to you, then God would work a miracle, not just in their life, but in your life too. And the principle of the kingdom is how I can help somebody else know that Jesus saves and delivers. And I know he he isn't through with you yet. And God has to work on you more because he has to work on me more too. But I'm sure that you've got to realize you are in a position of strength. And you can help somebody get to Jesus. I want to tell you today that you are a carrier. You are a carrier. They were carrying this man to Jesus. And I want to tell you, you are a carrier. You're not just supposed to carry yourself through life. But there's somebody that needs you to carry them. Maybe it's your child that is struggling with their identity. Maybe it's your child that is struggling with their self-esteem. And you want to write it off and feel like they'll get over it. But maybe God has allowed that to happen because he wants you to be the carrier. There's somebody brokenhearted on your job. But God wants you to be the carrier. And oftentimes we can't be the carrier in life because we're so worried about the weight that we carry. That we can't afford to carry somebody else's weight too. Oh, yeah, I know how y'all feel. I know how it feels to be carrying so much yourself that you're afraid to pick up your neighbor's weight, too. And, And I come to tell you that your destiny, your calling is to be a carrier. I know you want to be the CEO and I know you want to have the multimillion dollar business. And I know you want to be the manager of the company. And I know you want to be the success, but the only way to be the success is to carry. You you can't do it without carrying. So you have carriers 
in the story. And you also have the crowd. Because the crowd is nestled into the story with carriers. And they're trying to carry this paralyzed man to Jesus. But the crowd is there. And I came to tell you that, that God has a purpose for your life. And you are not part of the crowd. You are a carrier. You're not ordinary. You're a carrier. I know you want to be part of the crowd and be like everybody else. But God has given you a purpose. And your purpose is to carry. To help somebody else get to Jesus. To carry your purpose and make a difference in somebody else's life. To carry your purpose and make a difference in somebody else's struggle. And you've got the crowd versus carriers. And, and some of you guys are so worried about trying to fit in and be the crowd because you don't want to carry the weight that God wants to give you. Consider these four men. They were more concerned about their friend than bearing the weight of somebody else on their shoulders. Can you understand this text and why the text is, is included into our Bible? It's because God wants us to see how you really can make a difference in somebody else's life. You don't want to be a part of the crowd. You want to be a carrier. You, you, you want to be a carrier. So these four men decide to carry their paralyzed friend to Jesus, but they've got problems. They've got barriers. One of the barriers is the crowd. One, one of the problems is, is that how are they going to get this man to Jesus when Jesus is in the house and there's so many things blocking their way in? They need a plan. Somebody say a plan. They, they, they need a plan because there are barriers. And I want to tell you that when you are a carrier, you will encounter barriers. When you are a carrier, you will encounter barriers. And the reason why you are encountering opposition is because you are a carrier. You don't get opposition when you are a part of the crowd, but it's when you want to make a difference for God that, that you encounter barriers. It's, it's when you want to make a difference for God that you lose your job. It's when you want to make a difference for God that they demote you. It's when you want to make a difference for God that all of your finances dry up. It's because you encounter barriers. Because the devil doesn't want you to make a difference in somebody else's life. He wants you to come to church for yourself, lift your hands, and ride your magic carpet to heaven by yourself. But if God wanted you to go to heaven on a magic carpet by yourself, then you would already be in heaven. But God has you here where you are so that you can make a difference in somebody else's life and I want you to know that the crowd is a barrier that you will have to encounter what people say about you yeah these four men are carrying this paralyzed man and 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 they are making a spectacle can you imagine that everybody's trying to hear the word that Jesus is preaching and these four men are, are trying to butt in and bust through the crowd and, and they're saying, you can't come here because 
there's no way of getting through the door. And the crowd tells them, you can't go around the back of the house because there's no way there. And the crowd presents all of these barriers. And I don't know what's telling you in your mind today what you can't do. But I know that if you would burrow down in your spirit and listen to the voice of God, God would tell you what you can do. Because I can do all things. I wish I had help today. Through Christ that gives me strength and nothing is impossible with God. And while your haters and while your friends on social media will tell you what you can't do and tell you how you can't grow the business and tell you how you can't reach success and tell you how you can't get somebody else free and delivered and tell you how you can't help your child and can't help your son and how they'll never be free. Oh, I want you to listen to the voice of God that says today, you've got to find your way around the crowd and not listen to what they are saying. Because in the text, you have the crowd, you have Jesus, you have the four men, you have the paralyzed man, and you have the Pharisees. I didn't read all of it, but if you keep reading, you'll see the Pharisees are also in the text Because when your gift is attractive, you not only attract those that love you, but those that want to kill you too. Oh, I wish I had help today. Yeah. When you're flowing in your anointing, you not only attract those that applaud you, but those that whisper about you too. And the Pharisees are lurking to see how Jesus handles this situation. But back to the text, I want to tell you that the first barrier is the crowd. The second barrier is the climb. The climb. Because they have this paralyzed man. And, and one day we'll do illustrations right. I'll get four guys. I'll get a mat. And I'll put a, I'll put a lame guy, a sleep guy on the mat. And we'll start climbing. But, but for the sake of today, picture in your mind that there's no way into this house. There's no way under this house. The only way to get to Jesus, they get a plan and they say, we've got to go up. And it's one thing to carry those that God has called you to carry on the ground. But it's another thing to have to climb steps and go up with added weight oh y'all not seeing the picture of the text because God pours on you weight he pours a family on you he pours a job on you with responsibility he he pours on you church responsibility and then he requires you to climb now you got to go up with the weight And and I want to tell you that you've got to overcome the crowd and you also also have to overcome the climb because you want to win on this level. But God says you'll only win if you go up to that level. And some people in here are not getting what they need from God because they want to stay on the ground. But God is saying you've got to go up to the roof in order to get to where I need you to go. And you can't just go up to the roof by yourself. You've got to pull that weight up. And since I got my fishing rod today, I'm going to use it. Let's see if I remember how to fish, y'all. We're talking about going, going fishing. And I got a little something on the end of this rod. 
It's not no hook. I took off the hooks. I took off the hooks because I was, I was sticking myself. I was bleeding, so I took off the hooks. Uh, so God is asking you to climb. All right. And you're on this level because after you climb, how do you get up what you need to pull up? And I feel like this is the position of most of us in here, that God is giving you grace to be business owners or to accelerate and, and to go high in your career. And, and you have influence and you're standing above what is below you. But God is asking you to pull up, pull up, because there's something down there that needs to get up here. And your destiny and your purpose is not for you to stay up here by yourself, but your purpose is to reel it in. Yeah. You, you got to pull on what's below you and reel it in. And there's somebody in here today that, that, that the weight is causing your rod to bend down. And it's so heavy. And, and you're wondering if God has really called you to do it because it's so heavy. You're wondering if God has really given you the vision for that business because it's so heavy. You're wondering if you should talk to that person you pass in the grocery store every so often because it's so heavy. And God is telling you to reel it in. Oh, somebody shout reel it in. There, there is a fish on your line that you have to reel in. And, it, and it's causing you to, to have sleepless nights because that business, you got to reel it in. Oh, I feel God in here. It, it, it's causing you to have insomnia because it, it's, it's just not where you want it. And, and you've got to reel it in. And you've been feeling like, like for years you're not where you're supposed to be. And there's something tugging on your line and you've got to reel it in. And I feel like the power of God is in here today that has given you supernatural power to reel in what God has for you. To pull up what God wants you to pull on your boat. Because it's not about you so much on the boat, but it's about what you got to bring on the boat. Now, now I used to fish a lot when I lived in Jersey. And what happens is when you get the fish out the water, the fish is like this, flapping. It's flapping. And the most vulnerable point is when the fish is still on the hook but flapping above the water. Because the likelihood is great. That the flesh would flap so much, it'll fly off the hook and go back in the water and you'll lose your catch. And I feel like there's somebody in here today that has been reeling in your blessing. And you've got your fish flapping above the water. It's flapping so much. And, and, and if you don't bring it on the boat, they teach you to take your rod and bring it on the boat. Stop reeling and Bring it on the boat. Stop pulling up because you're going to lose the fish. You got to bring it on the boat. And that's a word for somebody in here today. Just, just bring it on the boat. Turn to your neighbor quickly and say, neighbor, bring it on the boat. 
Yeah, yeah, you got to bring it on the boat. You, you can't afford to lose that opportunity. You got to bring it on the boat. You can't afford to cry over it anymore. You got to bring it on the boat. You can't afford for yourself to be without food and without fish. You got to bring it on the boat. And I know you've been praying for that friend for years. I know you've been interceding for them that they would come to Christ. But I got a word for you today you can't allow that friend to flap anymore above the waters you gotta bring it on the boat yeah you gotta bring them to Jesus it means you gotta go pick them up or it means you gotta give them a phone call or it means you gotta take them out to lunch it means you gotta insert yourself and ensure that you bring the fish on the boat these four men would not allow their paralyzed friend to stay down on the ground they brought him up to the rooftop they they brought him up to the rooftop and i want to tell you you got to bring it in that opportunity stop praying about it and just bring it in oh maybe i should have titled this sermon just bring it in yeah, yeah, because you can't afford to fast anymore because you're unsure. We often use prayer and fasting as, as delays. Ooh, that's good, God. Because it's easier for us to pray and us to fast. Even though fasting's hard, it's easier, easier for us to do that than to go out and to seize it and to bring it in. Most Christians don't want to go out there and talk to people or talk to people on their job or talk to people that they meet. They rather pray about God send send the harvest. Yeah, I'll pray with you. I'll go to a prayer small group. I'll, I'll fast with you. Just send it, God. But, but you got to work and you've got to go out there and bring it on the boat. You're you're afraid that the weight of what you're carrying is going to crush you. And it'll crush you because you're doing it of your own strength and your own accord. But, but, But it's not by your own might. And it's not by your own power. But it is by God's spirit. So you can't bring it in by your own strength. But it's by the Spirit of God. And if you pray and say, God, I'm going out there. I'm going to talk to that person that's been on my heart. God, I'm going out there and I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to sow into that person that's behind me in the Chick-fil-A line. I'm going to pay for their meal and and tell the the person at the drive-thru window to tell them, hey, God loves you. And I got you. Link Church. You gotta say Link Church, right? <laughs> and 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 you and you pay it forward. And and you say and you say God loves you, Link Church. And and um and and you make a difference in somebody's life. And stop praying about what you need to do. Let me let me let me bring this home here. And and these men are on the roof. They cut a hole in the roof. They didn't need tools because they, their roofs were different. And then they cut a hole in the roof. And they cut a big enough hole that they could fit this mat, this bed, through this hole. Can you imagine Jesus is teaching? And he hears 
some pounding above him. Can you imagine Jesus is teaching and some dust starts to fall on his head? And his disciples are in there or people are around there saying, what's going on above? Can you imagine that? I bet you there were people there that probably told them to stop. Often, you know, when you need your breakthrough, there's always somebody there trying to tell you to stop. You're making too much noise. Stop. Don't cry that much. Stop. Because they don't understand what you're trying to get from God. But sometimes you've got to go the extra mile. And even though if, you, if you're loud with your praise or even though if you're crying, they don't know what you need from God. And you can't allow somebody to stop you from what you're doing. Let me keep pushing. They cut a hole in the roof and they lower this man down. They lower him down. And Jesus looks up and he sees this man coming down. But here's what's powerful in the text. Jesus doesn't see just this paralyzed man, but he sees his four friends. And he says to the man that is paralyzed, your sins be forgiven. But what's interesting is that the Bible says when Jesus saw their faith, not the faith of the paralyzed man, But when Jesus saw the faith of the four men, he he took their faith, wrapped it up and transposed it, transcribed it and applied it to the paralyzed man. Which tells me that there is a principle in the Bible that says that if a person does not have enough faith for themselves, that if there will be somebody that is ride or die with them. If there's somebody that has enough faith with them, that God will look at their faith and say, because of your faith, I'll make him whole. Oh, y'all ain't with me. That if there were enough people in Link Church today that would increase their faith and say, I got faith for my child. I've got faith for my auntie. I've got faith for my uncle. I've got faith for my boss. That God will do something in their lives because of your faith. I feel God in here. That it's not because so much of their lack of faith, but God will do something because of your faith. Yeah, there's times in the Bible where you have to have faith for yourself. Like blind Bartimaeus who was at the roadside begging and and Jesus was passing by. And he cried out to Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And he shouted until the disciples said, be quiet. But because blind Bartimaeus had so much faith that, that, that he would not give up, he kept on shouting. And Jesus healed his blindness because blind Bartimaeus had faith but there's also cases in the Bible where God will heal somebody because of somebody else's faith the centurion the Roman soldier came to Jesus and said Jesus my servant is sick he 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 can't do anything for himself and I need you to heal my servant and Jesus said I can't go to his house but the centurion said Jesus I have faith that you don't even need to go to where he is but if you just speak the word 
My servant will be healed. And Jesus looked at the faith of the Roman soldier. And he says, because of your faith, I will heal your servant. And you've got to know that God wants to do something special in your life. Because you have faith for them. Mm -hmm. You are carrying precious cargo in your life. You are carrying somebody in your family. You are carrying somebody on your job. And God has anointed you with the task of having faith for somebody, Masha, that cannot have faith for themselves. That we have seats in this auditorium for people that are on drugs and people that are abusing alcohol and people that are depressed but they can't make their way here but maybe just maybe if link church would have enough faith not just for your own heartache and not just for your own pain but somebody that is destined to sit in the seat next to you if you will have enough faith then god would give you the anointing to carry precious cargo yeah, carry precious cargo. And we're so narcissistic. We're so egotistical. In this society and culture, it's only about us. That we think the precious cargo we're carrying is our own dreams. Is, is our own aspirations and our own goals. But I wish I knew the name of these four men because that's who the story is about. Because God says that they are carriers of precious cargo. And God has connected you to Link Church. And, and, and you will get all God has for you. And I want you to grow. And I want you to do well. But the only way that you do well is if you fulfill your purpose. And, and your purpose is for somebody else to reach their purpose. So, so when you give a smile to somebody that walks through the doors, you're not just smiling because your day has been great, but you're smiling because you're concerned that they may not have had a smile all week. And your purpose is to carry precious cargo. We hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. For more information about Link Church, you can visit us on the web at www.linkchurchnc.org.